0: Welcome to a special edition of the best-in-class podcast with JoeBucksFan.com draft guru Sean Sullivan. Sean takes a look at the moves and non-moves and a really interesting look of the Buccaneers first 15 drafts in their franchise history. It's all here today. It's fast, it's fun, it's furious, and a lot of cool stuff in here. Sean Sullivan is presented by Bill Curry Ford, BillCurryFord.com. Here's Sean. Hi everybody, welcome to Best in Class, coming to you live from Bill Curry Ford Studios in Tampa with the best assistant in the business. Say hi, Grace. Hi. So we are going to have so much fun today. Let's talk about the Bill Curry Ford experience this $25 million customer immersion dealership of the future. The giant returns. We are seven weeks away. There's a countdown on our commercials if you guys haven't seen it. Follow us at Bill Curry Tampa, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, TikTok. Is that right? And Twitter. All right. And then go to billcurryford.com. see all of our amazing specials, order a car through our concierge Nikki and receive a $500 gift card. You know, I I like the idea of being able to order my own car comes with my name on it. I love that stuff. We also have a brand new selection of Roush and Sherrod vehicles in stock for your choice Mustangs and trucks. We will be the first to have the new 24 Mustang Roush, which I'm very excited about. Um, because that's the brand new design. We also have Lightnings in stock and Mach-E's in stock for those people who are just gone electric. And then for the people who still prefer gas, we have a great selection of Raptors, Tremors, Super Duties, Mavericks, Explorers, Expeditions, Transits. We are getting inventory in. The inventory shortage is over. So looking forward to uh, selling a bunch of cars with the new dealership. Come and get all of your specials right now. Right now, pre-Labor Day sale and post-construction sale right now, if we can't be, meet or beat any deal that you get at any Ford store, we will pay you $500 in cash. That's right. I will beat any deal, and if I don't, you get $500 in cash. I know Ira loves that, and you get the Ira special just for talking to me, and I will talk football with you. We can talk about the Bucks preseason game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which was, was a snooze fest, but we, I'm, not, I'm not here to talk about that. Today, we're having fun, Grace. You know what we're doing? We are going to go through the worst— Buck's draft picks in the 1970s and the 1980s. So we're going to go all the way up to 1990 because we're going to do this in sections because there's so much stuff to talk about that's so ridiculous and and funny. And I think that people are going to really enjoy this. And right now, this is uh, the reason why I haven't been doing my podcast as frequently is just because of the construction has just weighed heavily on me as well as my traveling schedule. It has been the hardest part of my life, the last 60 days, professional life, and I just can't wait for you guys to see it at the end. It's it's going to be spectacular. But again, let's talk about worst draft uh, picks in Bucks history. We're going to start in 1976. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know because you, you know to really know where you are, you have to go back to the beginning. We're going back to the beginning, the Hugh Culverhouse days, the days where we had a high school gym outside near the airport. We made players pay for their own lunches at Wendy's there. We didn't provide anything for our, our football players. Very interesting stuff. And get this. Do you know that if somebody got a game ball under Hugh Culverhouse, he billed you for the football on your paycheck if you got the game ball and kept it? That's how crazy this is. All right. As a Bucs fan, can't wait to get into this. So 1976, the Bucs had the number one overall pick. Leroy Selman, arguably the best draft pick in Bucks history, number one at Oklahoma, obviously Hall of Fame player. You're going to see a theme here with Hall of Fame players and Bucks picks, except they actually never got on the Bucks team, but yet they were our pick. So can't wait to get through this. You can't make this stuff up. All right. In 1977, right, John McKay's our head coach. He was the former USC head coach. And in that year, 1977, so we had the number one pick in 1976. We had the number one overall pick in 1977. That's amazing, right? So the number one overall pick, the top choice by all the analysts, everybody talked about it, was the Heisman Trophy uh, winner, Tony Dorsett, right? He led Pittsburgh to the national title. Yes, their first since 1933. So in 1977, uh, Tony Dorsett led Pittsburgh to a title for the first time since 1933. He won the Heisman Trophy. He won the uh, Walter Reed Trophy for the best running back. It's just crazy when you go through these numbers, right? Consensus number one overall guy. We take Ricky Bell, number one overall in 1977 at USC, recruited by John McKay. He had played five seasons in the NFL. He played three seasons with the Bucs. He had one good year in 1979 when Doug Williams led us to the playoffs in 1979 with 10 wins. So here's the thing with Tony Dorsett. Hall of Fame player, rushed for 12,739 yards, 4.3 yards a carry. He had 77 touchdowns in his career, 398 receptions, 3,554 receiving yards, and 13 receiving touchdowns. Oh, and by the way, not only did he win the national title at Pitt, he also has – he won a Super Bowl as well. So Tony Dorsett won everything. He was the consensus number one pick. He was the star of the NFL uh, in the late 70s, early 80s. Everybody knew Tony Dorsett. That should have been the Bucks pick. We picked Ricky Bell, played three seasons for us, played two seasons in the NFL, retired after five seasons. Unfortunately, Uh, he passed away after that. There's no reason we would have known that. But here's the thing. If you take Ricky Bell and Tony Dorsett, perfectly healthy in 1977, Tony Dorsett was clearly the number one choice. 1978, we had the first overall pick again. So 1976, first overall pick, Leroy Selman. 1977, Ricky Bell. 1978, we traded the first overall pick to the Oilers. That pick became Hall of Fame running back Earl Campbell in 1978. Again, Hall of Fame, Tony Dorsett, we didn't get him. Hall of Fame, Earl Campbell, we didn't get him. That pick became Jimmy Giles, which was obviously a Bucks legend, and Doug Williams, who played for the Bucks for four years. So that pick, the number one overall pick, became Earl Campbell. The Buccaneers got Jimmy Giles and Doug Williams. I can't argue with, with Jimmy Giles and Doug Williams, but I will tell you that neither one of them is Earl Campbell, uh, a household name uh, in NFL football. In 1979, we traded the fourth overall pick to Chicago for a hurt defensive end named Wally Chambers. So we traded the fourth overall pick to Chicago for a five-year player in Wally Chambers coming off a severe knee injury. And that pick became Hall of Fame Dan Hampton defensive tackle. Wally Chambers, by the way, only played in five games for the Bucks before retiring. Five games. The fourth overall pick played five games with us and then retired. That pick became Dan Hampton defensive tackle Hall of Famer. So let me get this straight. 1977, we missed Tony Dorsett Hall of Famer, which was a unanimous number one overall pick. 1978, we traded the number one overall pick. That became Earl Campbell, Hall of Famer. 1979, we traded our first-round draft pick again, for, and we lost out on Hall of Fame player Dan Hampton. You cannot make this up. Okay, now we're going to get into some silly stuff, right? In 1982, the Bucks had uh, a top pick, obviously. Uh, I believe it was pick number six. And basically, we had a card, and we sent somebody to New York, and on the card, we wrote down a couple of players. We wrote down Booker Reese, and we wrote down Sean Farrell. And on that card, it said, okay, we're, we, want, we really want Booker Reese because Wayne Fonts was our defensive coordinator at the time, and he wanted Booker Reese, which was like a 6'6 defensive end, and he loved his size, right? Sean Farrell was, a, was an offensive guard that was liked a lot by the Bucks offensive line coach at the time. So the draft happens. In the first round, the pick comes down. The Buccaneers uh, general manager calls – his guy up in New York and says, we want to take um, Booker Reese. And he can't hear him because the phone that he's on, there's a bunch of crowd noise and everything going on in the back. And he's like, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. And, he, and the pick is almost in. So this guy, with, um, the general manager is saying, we want Booker Reese. This guy turns in a card for Sean Farrell because apparently we can't get a phone where we can hear somebody talk. You cannot make this up, Bucks fans. So we basically draft Sean Farrell, who, by the way, played 11 seasons in the NFL. He only played four seasons with the Bucs, but he made the Pro Bowl several times. The Buccaneers in 1982 called the NFL office and tried to unwind Sean, the Sean Farrell pick and this, at the sixth overall pick. They actually tried to unwind it and saying, he actually wasn't our selection. Can we please give him back? We would like another player. And guess what? Sean Farrell heard about this and was like, I don't want to play for the Bucks organization. We traded um, Sean Farrell for like a pack of Snickers and, and M&Ms, and he went on to play seven more seasons at a Pro Bowl level, and he made the playoffs and went to a Super Bowl. So people who don't who recognize Sean Farrell, he was actually a really good guard in the NFL, just not with the Bucks because we handled everything incorrectly. So how do we make up for this mistake? We have no second-round draft pick in 1982 because we traded it for a running back from Alabama, which no one has ever heard of. And then we have no number two. So Booker Reese, for some reason, this great guy that the Bucks wanted to draft six overall, falls to the second round. No one's drafted him. So our GM at the time goes, okay, we need to go up, and I want to get up. I want to get a second-round pick, and I want to get Booker Reese, right? So he has no second-round pick, so he calls the Chicago Bears and says, I want your pick. Chicago Bears says, we want a first-round draft pick next year. So the Bucks traded their first-round draft pick in 1983. Yes, that 1983 QB draft. That is correct. We traded our first pick in the draft, and we traded it for Booker Reese. Oh, by the way, Booker Reese played two seasons in the NFL. Two seasons in the NFL. Grace, he played two years. We gave up a first-round draft pick for him. Okay? So forget Booker Reese. He's gone. He's worthless. He didn't do anything for us, right? So in 1983 draft comes along, we allow Doug Williams to walk in 1983, right? He goes to the Washington Redskins. We have no quarterback because we don't want to sign uh, Doug Williams. So we go into the 1983 draft needing a quarterback. So the pick that we traded for Booker Reese the prior year um, we gave to Chicago, right? And guess who got drafted Right after our pick. Dan Marino. You, uh, it just it's unbelievable. Hall of Fame, Dan Marino. Like I, I was like researching this, and I'm like, I kind of had an, an outline. But when you actually get into it, let Doug Williams walk. You didn't draft Dan Marino because you traded your number one pick for Booker Reese. These are all reasons why we lost for 16 consecutive seasons, 14 consecutive seasons. These are those kinds of decisions that don't make any sense. So then when we miss on Dan Marino, we go, we still need a quarterback. So we trade We trade our 1984 first-round draft pick. Now, remember, guys, we're winning two games a year. These are top picks. These are top five picks, top three picks, top two picks. We, we go – we trade another first-round draft pick to the Bengals for Jack Thompson, and guess how many seasons Jack Thompson played for the Bucs as their starting quarterback. He won a total of four games. He played in two seasons and then retired from the NFL and went to sell insurance in Seattle. You can't make this up, Bucks fans, Okay. So we lost our. Not only did we lose Dan Marino in 1983, we could have drafted him. We needed a quarterback. We let Doug Williams walk. Dan Marino fell in the draft. He fell right to the Buccaneers' pick, and we missed him. Okay. So then to make up for it, we trade our 1984 first overall pick to Bengals for a backup quarterback who played two seasons and won four games for us. 1984, that traded pick for the Bengals became Irving Fryer. Anybody ring a bell? Perennial Pro Bowler. Irving Fryer played 14 seasons, went to a Super Bowl with the Pats. Yeah, that guy. That's who that pick became. So that's pretty amazing. 1986, we had the first overall pick again. You want to know why? Because we traded all of our picks away for guys that didn't help our team. We draft Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson says, I'm not playing for Hugh Culverhouse. Right? So everybody knows the story. He never played for us. He goes back in the draft. The Buccaneers got nothing for that first overall pick. Nothing. Bo Jackson goes on to be a perennial uh, pro bowler for the Raiders. 1987 we drafted, we were had the number 1 overall pick. Again, surprise, we draft Vinny Testaverdi. Testaverdi's one of my favorite players. I'm not going to knock him. The Buccaneers were awful. When he was drafted, he went on to play and passed for 44,000 yards in the NFL. It's just, it's just crazy the kind of career Vinny had. And I'm not going to put Vinny as one of the worst overall picks, but I put him on there because he's another number one overall pick that we didn't sign to a second contract. This goes back to what Lee DeKemper talks about all the time: we don't sign anybody. It's just, it's insane. 1989, Broderick Thomas, linebacker, sixth overall, was a bust at linebacker, unfortunately. Uh, 1989, 1990 brings us Keith McCants, fourth overall out of Alabama. We drafted him with a knee injury, knowing that he had a knee injury, and guess who we passed up? Hall of Famer Junior Seau, who was, was, was drafted right after Keith McCants and was the highest-rated player on the board, Junior Seau. Uh, again, so this summing up, guys, from 1976 to 1990, we drafted Leroy Selman, correct pick. We missed on Tony Dorsett, Hall of Famer, Earl Campbell, Hall of Famer, Dan Hampton, Hall of Famer, Dan Marino, Hall of Famer, Junior Sejau, Hall of Famer. These guys all were there uh, when the Bucs traded these picks to other teams. And this is what we got in return for all those Hall of Fame players. Wally Chambers played five games with the Bucs. Booker Reese played two years with the Bucks; right, Jack Thompson played two years with the Bucs. That's what we got, and we missed out on basically an all-perennial decade team of players. I'm going to sum up from 1976 to 1990 what I think is a Bucks fan. I think these trades were not made because we had bad football people. I just don't believe that Wayne Fonts didn't know football. I don't believe that John McKay didn't know football. It was a conversation I'd love to have with Rich McKay. I think these were all cost-cutting moves from Hugh Culverhouse. I think that he didn't want to sign these people to these contracts, and we drafted players that we knew we could sign. So Junior Seau, I did the research, hard sign when he was drafted. He actually held out. Uh, Dan Marino was guaranteed a bunch of money coming out. Dan Hampton, another one. Earl Campbell signed the largest contract at the time for running back so when you look at that, again, Tony Dorsett had a signing bonus of $1.2 million, which at that time in 1977 was a huge, huge deal. Hugh Culverhouse was not going to pay that. This is a debacle from how this uh, franchise started. I had so much fun putting this together. So I have 1991 to 2000 is my next decade that we're going to do in the worst draft buck picks. Please catch me at um, best in class at BillCurryFord.com. Please send me who you think your worst draft picks are from 1976 to 1990. I will bring it up on the next podcast and have some fun with it. I hope you had some fun listening to this because some of this stuff, it's just, it's just crazy. And not to mention the fact that all of this is why we were in a high school gymnasium outside in the sun. You guys realize they lifted weights outside in this heat? That's it's just, it's just insane. We charged people for game balls on their paycheck. We didn't pay for lunch. Our our players had to pack their own lunch or go to Wendy's, which was right next to um, one buck at the time. They'd all go through the Wendy's drive-through. So th- th- there's stories of the Wendy's people talking about the players going through in their shells with their hands taped, going through the drive-through just to get food and, and, and drinks. For the Bucks, And so, again, I don't know what kind of nutrition plan we had back then, but I'm sure it was, it was cigarettes, Wendy's, and beer. I don't think it was anything uh, really good. Uh, please, uh, again, share this podcast with your friends. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys had a laugh. I will uh, see you guys soon. Uh, we have a lot of stuff coming up with Joe Bucks fan. We have the season starting, which I can't start to break down rookies, which I'm going to be very excited to do. Please follow us at Bill Curry Tampa, Instagram, um, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Tic Tac. Yeah, I I love it when I say tic-tac. She loves that. And then um, please visit us at BillCurryForward.com for all the latest specials that we have going on. I'll see you guys next time. I hope you guys are loving football. I'm so glad it's starting. See you guys next time.